You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, a very familiar text to the church this morning. It's going to take me a moment to get there, but I want to read it to you, verses 1 through 4, and then we will, uh, we will get to work. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, that Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, we have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And I will read again verse number one, because that's really where uh, we want, I want to leave with you this morning. And as I read it, I want to throw in this little detail. I want you to understand that when we are reading the Bible, we are reading a letter that, yes, a man wrote, and here the author most likely is Paul, but I want you to think about this. Do you know that he wrote this while being inspired by the Holy Spirit? Every word that is written is inspired by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is telling him exactly what to write. Now watch this. He wrote in here, wherefore, seeing, watch this, we, we all, are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, look at that, us, lay aside every wind, every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. There it is again. And let us, we see it again, run with patience the race that is beset, set before us. The reason I wanted to point that out this morning is because there's nobody in here that came into the house of the Lord that is not in this process that I'm talking about. I don't want this to be unkind, but the man inspired by the Holy Spirit was directed by the Holy Spirit to include himself that he also is to lay aside every sin and every weight that is so easily beset us. In short term, I'll say this. Nobody come in perfect today. Everybody in here has something in their life that God wants to change. Amen? I didn't say you wasn't saved. I hope that you are. If you're not, we're going to give you an opportunity. But nevertheless, even if you're born again, you've not arrived. We still have things in us that God needs to change. Amen? Amen. So while we're all in agreement, let's look at this thought. And a little different maybe than what I would normally use. But I want to use this thought. Changed by faith. Changed by by faith. The only way that we can be changed is by our faith. Will you help me pray this morning that the Lord would help me to minister? Father, I love you today. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. And I thank you again for the opportunity, Lord. I don't take it lightly, but to be able to stand before your people and to present a truth that cannot and will not return void. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ for the power of the Holy Spirit to move upon every heart that is here. Lord, let our hearts be open to receive our ears open to hear properly hear and lord anoint me god to deliver and i'll be very careful to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and everybody says amen a little bit of history not not really 
Don't turn me off because I said history, but a little bit of a background about the book of Hebrews that's very important for us to know and understand as we're building up to the text, especially when we're cutting into the middle of a letter, cutting in the middle of a book and going right to chapter number 12. It's helpful for us to know exactly what is going on. I'll I'll be brief about the backgrounding some things, but I, I want us to know and understand some things. The book of Hebrews is given to us, and it uh, most of the details in this book um, is, uh, let me just say it like this, maybe Hebrews, Brian, Pastor Brian calls this the coffee drinking book because it's Hebrews. But when we look at Hebrews and we begin to study and we really begin to look into it from chapter 1 on to chapter number 13, you will find that Hebrews is one of the most, if not the most, detailed books in the Bible. It's got great detail in regards how that the old covenant was a type and shadow and how that now we are under the new covenant and no longer underneath the old covenant. The apostle here, and I'm going to use Paul, and I know that it's not been, uh, it's not been 100% given to him because he didn't list his name at the beginning, but it's consistent and it's just a habit of mine. I'll probably call his name, so don't throw me out for saying that. But the apostle Paul or the writer here is telling us how that Jesus Christ fulfilled the entirety of the old law and he and, and brought everything, not just the old law, but all of the sayings of the prophets so that you and I could live under a new covenant and most importantly, so that you and I could be in a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. Now here's some things that I, I, I want to bring out that I want you to see and understand is uh, the Apostle Paul here, or whoever the writer is, uh, they went back and forth but uh, many Bible scholars believe that so much detail is given in Hebrews. Watch this, that if Hebrews was properly studied, that it would absolutely kill the majority of false doctrine out there today. There's a reason that the church is divided, and the reason that the church is divided is because men will not sit down, men and women that are spirit-filled will not sit down, get on their face before the Lord, come to the understanding, I don't have it all figured out, and you don't have it all figured out, but God is the one that is right, and every man is a liar. But Hebrews has given us so much detail that the, that Bible scholars believe after studying that if we would go back and study that most false doctrine and most disagreements would be put away with and there would be so much unity in the church. Man, that's on my heart this morning. Do you know how much more for the kingdom that we could do if we would come together in unity, quit portraying and quit lifting up my doctrine, quit lifting up your denomination and start lifting up Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. I'm not interested in your denomination. I'm not interested in your doctrine. I'm interested in the one that died for me. So if we would lift up Jesus Christ, there would be so much more unity in the body of Christ. No other book gives detail to how the Old Testament, watch this, was a shadow of what would be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And this is relative to where we're headed this morning. And I'm going to repeat that. But I want to also make it simple. 
The writer here, watch this, is having a conversation. Another reason why they believe it is Jews. If y'all would just picture these men as being Jewish people this morning as an illustration, Paul comes to them as standing before Jewish men. And you got to understand, nobody knew the law, nobody knew the old commandment or the old covenant better than what these men did. But there was a man, probably Paul, that came and stood before them. And man, the Paul was now converted. He was a Christian. He was formerly known as Saul. But watch this. Nobody knew the old covenant better than this man called Paul. So when he stood before them, he brought every truth out and everything that they already knew. And he watched this. He contrasted. He said, this is what the law says. And this is how Jesus fulfilled it. This is what the old commandment was. But this is how the new commandment came into process. This is what the old law required. But this is what Jesus done. Every little detail, he began to bring it in harmony and brought it all together in one man, the man, Jesus Christ. And so they're listening. They've got his attention. He's sitting here laying it all out. How that he's, how that uh, in order to be righteous, watch this. Those that held to the old law or the old world or, the, or by works, he told them at some point, watch this, you're not right with God because of the old law. You're not right with God because of your works. You're only going to be in a right standing in order to be righteous. You're going to have to come to faith in Jesus. Watch this. Because I don't know where you're at this morning with the Lord. I don't know where you stand at spiritually with God. And though you can fool man, you didn't fool God. I want you to know this morning that the only way that you can stand before the Lord and be right is that your faith, your trust be in Jesus and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. No other way. And Paul, while he's standing before them having this conversation, he took specific laws and specific ceremonies and he proved through their law, an old covenant example, he proved how that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of all of these things and Paul was the one qualified for this. I want to give you some truths. Truth number one, watch this. Christ, and we'll put them together. Truth number one, can you bring it up for me? Christ fulfilled the old covenant. Number one, he fulfilled the old covenant. He left them with truth such as this. Jesus is the great high priest. The high priest set, uh, used to set in days of old. He's the one that used to do the sacrifice. The high priest even resided in the, in the cities of refuge. But now, Jesus Christ is the great high priest. No other man can take that position as a great high priest. Not according to the Bible. Jesus Christ is the great high priest. He says Jesus is the Paschal Lamb. He's the one that was inspected. He was the one that was spotless. He was the one that was perfect. He was the one that was precious. He's the one that passed all tests in every point and was a perfect candidate to be a sacrifice to shed his blood to cover the sins of all mankind he says Jesus Christ is the sin offering 
Jesus Christ is that sacrifice. He's the new covenant. He's a better covenant with better promises. And I want you to think about this. He left them with better covenant and better promises. And now that He makes this claim that He's a better promise, He said Christ fulfilled the old covenant. And here's what you need to know. He is a better covenant with better promises. Let me tell you something. If you're going to make that kind of statement, better covenant, better promises, you need to be able to tell how he's better. How is Jesus better than the righteousness of the old law? He's a better covenant, better promises. So he needs to explain. He says, we know the law is good. We know the law is holy. Yes, but watch this. The law left us with a wall of sin that was between us and could never produce righteousness. The law showed us what God demanded in order for us to be righteous. But when man looked at the law, we were supposed to look at the law and come to the understanding there's no way If this is what it takes, there's no way I can be holy and I can be in a right standing. But instead of man doing that, man said, okay, I will try this and I will try that one and I will keep this one and I will keep that one. And when they were in the public, they walked around with their chest all puffed up and their their hand held high and they were telling everybody, I'm a keeper of the law. I'm better than you are because I keep the law. I'm better than you are because I'm a Jew. I'm better than you are because I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. But Jesus Christ pointed them to their heart. The day they came with the woman that was caught in adultery, He put them in their place. He that is without sin, you throw the first stone. They dropped their stone. And they had to walk away. Why? Because He went to their heart. I can go to your heart this morning. There's nobody in here that wants to put on the screen for everybody to read their, their thoughts for the last week. Amen. Well, I've never, I've never stole. I've never coveted my brother's wife. I've never, really? Let's get to covet. Let's get to covet. Do you know covet deals with your thoughts? It's getting quiet because we're thinking. Do you know one wrong thought that produces from your heart is proof that you still need Jesus moving and working on your heart? Amen. Any man or woman says, oh, no, I don't have, I don't have none of that. Well, my friend, if you don't, you must be deity because there's only one perfect that walked the earth, and his name was Jesus. It's not, I'm not okay in your sin. I'm not okay in your wrong thought. I'm saying when we see that evidence and that thought or whatever it is, then we go to the Lord. This was between me and God. You don't got to know all my dirty laundry. Amen. I'm not here to air out your dirty laundry and you don't want me to air out your dirty laundry if I knew something about you. That's not what this is about. You can't change my heart anyway. I can't change your heart. But when God the Holy Spirit begins to move upon me and says this is wrong, I go to the Lord and say, God, I recognize the error in this. I'm asking you to forgive me and I'm asking you to change this in me. 
process of change. I'm trying to get to the text. But the law did not remove that wall of sin. It left a partition of sin between us. No matter, Pastor Brian, stand up. No matter how hard I tried to get to the Lord. No matter how hard I tried to be right before God. No matter how hard I tried to be in relationship. There was something that stood called the law between me and getting to where I wanted to be. And no matter what I did, I just couldn't get there. That's law. Law says if you want to stand right here, then you're going to have to accomplish all of this. And I came to the wall, and I couldn't accomplish all of this, and I never could get there. You need to understand this. The first thing that Jesus did was fulfill the law. He tore down the wall that stood between us so that we now could enter into the throne room of grace boldly and stand before God in a right relationship. Thank you, Pastor Brian. And then, now that we're here, the thing that he began to establish, he established another truth. And I've got ahead of myself a little bit in chapter number 10. He tells us how that the veil has now been torn. And the believer, watch this, number two, the believer has access. You see, I know some, I don't know why really, but I know some cringe a little bit when I say this. I've got messages and texts before. I welcome them because they don't bother me. And I, I don't mean that in a boastful way. But listen, you don't have to come as a believer. You don't have to come through me to go to Jesus. You don't have to go through another pastor. You don't have to go to another priest. You don't have to go to somebody because the Lord gave you access I've thought about it several times, and if I thought it would embarrass her, I wouldn't bring it up, but a few Sundays ago, Miss Cassidy stood up right up here, and she told us about her being delivered uh, from drugs, sitting in a jail cell. Uh, she was at the end of her rope, no, nowhere she was done. She knew that she, when she went before the judge, it probably wasn't going to be very good. In fact, that's one of the things that brought her. She knew that if she was going to, uh, if she was going to get a pass this time, it was only going to be the Lord. Let me ask you something, Miss Cassidy. Who walked into there and helped you pray to the Lord? Nobody. She simply fell on the floor and called out to the name of Jesus. Do you know what? I'm not trying to embarrass her. She's not well known. She's not a popular person that's on television. She's not somebody that is an author of a book. Somebody's not stopping her. I don't mean this unkind. I know that you understand. Somebody's not stopping her all the time to get her autograph. But you know what Jesus was doing that morning that she called out of Him? He was watching her and looking at her. He didn't care where she come from. He didn't care what her name was. He didn't care where she'd been. But the moment that she said in the name of Jesus, my God walked into a jail to deliver her that morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. Set her free from the power and the bondage of sin. Set her free that moment. And Paul is making a moment here. Watch this. We have access the thing that he begins to, uh, to allude to is this. If there was any, any offering of the tabernacle that you wasn't going to miss, I'm not going to look. I don't care. I don't mean this unkind. Don't care if there's a birthday party. I don't care what job, what, the, what, what my work says. You got to work over. You got to uh, listen. If there was an offering for sin only given once a year and you wasn't there, then your sins wasn't rode forward uh, for a whole year. I bet you're going to make it. 
I'd say you're going to be there. Once a year, they met, took the Paschal lamb, the great high priest walked in, went behind the veil into the room of the Holy of Holies, made the sacrifice, a lot of details I'm leaving out, and then he walked out before the people and he made the announcement, it is finished. And they didn't go into that room. They didn't see him make the sacrifice, but they believed in the great high priest. They had faith in the priest. And the apostle Paul, the writer here, is saying, here's something you need to know. Just as in the old covenant, the priest made the sacrifice when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, when he died before he gave up the ghost, when he cried, it is finished, the earth began to shake. And they noticed that over on the veil of the temple, which was a curtain that was four inches thick, four inches thick, all of a sudden the power of God rent that veil from top to bottom. Nothing else was disturbed. Nothing else was destroyed. But the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. It was opened up. Paul was saying this. Uh, there was something holy that was going on the day that the priest walked into the Holy of Holies. Uh, it was so holy that nothing of the flesh could stay. Nothing of sin could stay. He said, I want you to know uh, Jesus fulfilled that when He died on the cross of Calvary. The veil was and anybody that will come by faith in Jesus and what He's done on the cross of Calvary, you have access to the Holy of Holies. <laughs> I love my access to the Holy of Holies. Anytime I call upon the name of the Lord, you know, I didn't, I didn't post this or anything, and I, we haven't had our church, we haven't had our first church service down at the new, at the new sanctuary just yet, but I, I'm, pro, I'm sorry, but I got a little bit ahead of you. I did. I was in there by myself the other day, turning my phone on, a little bit of worship music. I'm not going to sing. That'll kill anointing faster than anything else. But I was just listening to a little uh, a bit of worship, and I just began to call upon the name of Jesus. I began to ask him already, man, I feel this. Lord, I pray you feel every single seat that we have here. Put us in another building program. I, I intend to stand at the gate of hell and tell people they don't have to die and go here. I, I want to tell every drug addict and alcoholic and those that's by homosexuality uh, and the adultery and other sins uh, that they don't have to die and go here. I said, Lord, give me a harvest. Uh, give me those as an inheritance that other people has pushed away and the presence of God filled that place. My Lord. Oh, I wish that was my message this morning, but uh, it, was, it was any time that we call upon the name of the Lord, we have access. We have Believer, listen, you have access. You don't have to go through somebody else. You can call upon Jesus yourself. And the last truth that I want to give you, and I'm going to quickly touch our text, is that as they heard the text, watch these two things. Christ fulfilled the old covenant. We have access. As they were hearing these, and all of this, watch this, details are coming. Chapter 1 to chapter 13, all these details are coming. How that he fulfilled the old law and the sayings of the prophets. Here's what the apostle Paul is throwing in. Every once in a while, he's just, he's just throwing in. I don't know, in my mind is sprinkles on top of a cupcake. I don't know why, I just like sprinkles. But as sprinkles, are sprink he's sprinkling in something every once in a while. What's he sprinkling in? He's sprinkling in that it's going to be by faith. 
he begins to tell them Christ fulfilled the old law. And if we believe, we see words like believe, and then he starts telling about better promises, access them by faith. And before we get to chapter numbers 11, we find in the scripture that he starts to tell us that the key to all of this, to the relationship with Christ, how to have access, how to walk in victory, and this great woven in and all of the texts, the truth is that we would have access, we would have victory, we would walk with the Lord, we would walk in the Spirit, grace would flow, we would be justified, sanctified, and glorified. All of these would come under one heading, and that is the heading of faith in Christ and what He done on the cross of Calvary. He's asking us to believe. The key is by faith. And faith is so powerful that even for the Old Testament saints, though they couldn't go straight to heaven because Jesus hadn't yet died, they were kept by faith. The enemy could not destroy them. They were kept by faith. They believed and they kept by faith. And again, he's pulling from the Old Testament and he's bringing it to the New Testament. And chapter number 10, he weaves it together. He's about to get to chapter 12 to our text. And he says this, I'll even pull a prophecy from Habakkuk in the Old Testament and tell you this, Habakkuk prophesied in the days to come that the just shall live by by faith. Oh my goodness. That's the, I'm liking this more than you are. That's the icing on the cake. The just shall live, shall live. Future tense. He told them, Israel, Jewish people, listen. Even Habakkuk prophesied and said, the just shall live by faith. And now those that are justified, they do. They live by faith. So here's the contrast. The Old Testament kept by faith, not by law or works. New Testament, live by faith, not by law or works. And here we are in chapter number 11. I'm going to skip and hop a little bit, but I want to read some things. The Bible says that by faith, watch this, by faith, by faith, we're not there yet, Miss Abby, but by faith, we, the elders, obtained a good report. He also says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. We're in chapter 11, the, what's known as the Hall of Faith. And then it begins to bring up their founding fathers, their patriarchs that they highly esteemed. And I want you to think about this. Their patriarchs and those that they highly esteemed, the one that they would put on a wall and look at and, and admire them for everything they've done. Paul begins to bring, or the writer brings all of them up. He says, you need to know that Abel offered a sacrifice to God by faith. You need to know Enoch was translated by faith. Noah built an ark all by faith because it hadn't rained in so long. Abraham went to offer his son Isaac all by faith. And by faith there was a ram caught in the thicket. Sarah gained strength to receive by faith. Isaac blessed his two sons all by faith. Jacob received Joseph and his children again all by faith. Joseph was carried out of Egypt even though he was dead. He carried out by faith. Moses forsook Israel or Egypt by faith. Moses stood at the Red Sea and it parted by faith. They were fed 
manna and quail all by faith. Water flowed from a rock all by faith. They made it to the promised land by faith. Jericho walls fell by faith. Joshua led them by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Nobody received a good report because they were a good person. They received because they believed upon the Lord. He begins to read all of it. Rahab dropped a scarlet thread because of her faith. And i got to read it to you this morning. And I, I just got to because it's on my heart. What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, of Jephthah, David, also Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel markings and scourgings. Yes, moreover, the bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about with sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth and all of these uh, having obtained a good report through faith never received a promise because Jesus hadn't ever yet listen I just read you the Old Testament saints subdued mountains shut the mouth of lions quenched fires they don't you got to get this all by faith and now I'm finally to my, that's just my introduction. I'm finally to my text. That's for those that's been making the comments. I won't be before you long. I'm not even sure what that means anymore. (laughs) But here's where we're at. I'll be brief. Maybe that's something different. I don't know. But here's where we're at. He says this, now that we've established these truths, Christ fulfilled the old covenant. We all have access. And the key is by faith. He fulfilled the old covenant. We have access. And the key, I'm using an illustration. The key is that it's all by faith. Now watch this. What did he say that they were able to get be accomplished? They subdued mountains. They overcome every enemy. I mean, Abraham, he by faith even believed that God was going to raise Isaac. If you look at these great examples of faith, I want to tell you this morning, it's an encouragement to me. I've not been asked to take my son up on a mountain. Amen? You look at these things and they're great. Watch this. But by faith. Now, in chapter 10, i got to show you this. In chapter, or chapter 11 and verse number 10, watch this. I'm bringing it together. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. He's talking about Abraham. How did Abraham continue on believing? He was looking for a city. He was looking ahead. Watch this. Go to my next verse. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and persuaded them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Abraham looked for his city and all of these others seen some promises afar off. They knew in their heart they were going to come to pass and they kept looking intentively to what God had in store. And now we're at verse number one. Of chapter number 12. Watch this. 
Or let's go to verse 2, chapter 12. He tells me, just as they looked for a city and they looked for the promises, he tells me, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. The author and the finisher, they didn't know who the sacrifice was at that time, but we do. And he's telling me this. I'm going to use this cross again as an illustration. He says, look. Look to Jesus. No matter what's coming on the left and what's coming on the right, just look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Great joy was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. What joy was set before him? He was about to make a way where man could be saved and brought back into relationship with him. That was great joy. And then he, we back up to verse 1. Now that I've established this, we're looking to Jesus. He makes a big, he sets up the, he, he makes a big command. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What is that? Everybody I just mentioned. He's saying, look how Abraham, all of the men of old and the women of old made it. These are our witnesses. We are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Now here's his command. Let us. Lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And Here's where I want to be. And I'll hush. How is it that I lay aside? Because we've told the church for years, well, you need to lay that aside. Okay. Well, how? Well, you just need to put that off. You just need to lay it at the altar. I'm, I don't mean this disrespectful. What does that mean? To a newcomer that comes in and you say, well, you just need to lay it at an altar. Well, what does that mean? Somebody says, well, just give it to Jesus. Okay, well, how do I give it to Jesus when the enemy gave it back to me Monday? I'm preaching good. I'm trying to get you to understand something. If we're going to preach commands, we got to preach how. How do we lay it aside? And the New Testament would teach us, Paul's already laid it out in the doctrine, if I'm looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, I've got some sins, I've got some weight that every once in a while, let's just be honest, all the time is besetting me, which means it's distracting me off of my I'm supposed to look. The word look means to give full attention. I'm supposed to look. And if I'm looking to Jesus, here's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's reaching in and he's pulling something out that is easily besetting me. Something awake that is easily besetting me. I'm going to let you name this one. Some of you get that later. Oh, that must be really good preaching. I don't know if this is anger. I don't know if this is attitude, temper, an addiction, how you treat your spouse. Oh, man, I'm preaching real good. I don't know what this is, but it's easily besetting me. And as long as I keep my faith in Christ and what he's done for me on the cross of Calvary, the Holy Spirit's over here saying, here, let's get rid of something else. Let's get rid of something else so that we can run a little faster. Let's get rid of something else. As long as you're looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the Holy Spirit is saying, here, here's something. Now, sometimes he pulls something out and we go. 
I'm not ready to give that one up. It's back in. The sin and wait, it's back in. Guess what he's going to do? Lord, I'm still looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher, and I wish you wouldn't have pulled the same thing out again, but here it is. I'm not ready for that. Lord, I'm still looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher. Look, he's got one thing he wants to talk about, and until you say, God, watch this. It's between me and the Lord. You ain't got to tell you got to tell somebody. The moment you tell something about, your, about yourself, they're going to pass judgment whether they want to or not. And most likely, they're going to tell somebody and all it's going to do is tear you down more. So Lord, I see it. I'm asking you to forgive me and I'm asking you to change me so that I can lay aside the sin and the weight that easily besets me. The one that besets me. Watch this. Paul stood before the Jews. Thank you, Pastor Brian. He stood before the Jews and he said, watch, Christ fulfilled the law. You have access to the Holy of Holies. The key is by faith. And if you will believe these things and keep looking to Jesus by faith, the Holy Spirit is going to start taking things out of your life that is a weight and continues to beset you. And if you will ask the Lord to forgive and change what, I, what am I doing in this process? I'm looking by faith. And he's working on my heart. I'm looking by faith. He's working. Look, don't tell me you got born again five years ago and you're no different than you was the day that you began. That's not biblical salvation. He's changing. He's working. He's helping me to lay aside. And the truth of the matter is, anything and everything in my heart will be changed. And can be changed by my simple faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. I'm going to hush. Last couple of days, it's just been in my spirit, in my heart. I made a couple of, not really bold posts, but I'm never going to hide where I stand. I love people and I will continue to love people. And I'm not going to hide where I stand in regards to things. I made a couple of posts. One about the drug addict. One about an alcoholic. The point of my post and the reason that I put that out there is we have so many distractions and I know that I use them because they're common. We want to talk about these things, but a lot of times we don't want to talk about something else, a different bondage, a different addiction, or maybe even unforgiveness, bitterness that's embedded in our heart. We don't want to talk about it. Well, you don't know what I went through. No, ma'am. No, sir, I don't. But Jesus does. And when he went to the cross of Calvary, he knew that he would have to pay for that in order to be resurrected from the dead. If your bondage is not paid for, then Jesus is still in the grave. But he's not in the grave He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. The Bible, we just read it. But I made them post because I look at the church as a whole, not just us. I'll be brief. The greatest weapon that the enemy has is a believer, and let me say it like this, for those that profess to be a believer but is not being changed, not letting the light of Christ shine through them, when the world looks at the church and they can honestly say, 
They know different than what I am. We're not better than, but we should be coming out. They ought to see Jesus in you enough that they crave that. We as the church are supposed to be witnesses of Christ. What does that mean? Witnesses is one that is mirroring the work of Christ that is still happening in the life of a regular old human being. We're supposed to be mirroring that work. And when we see this contrast, we see two sides of the spectrum here. We understand the greatest tool that the enemy has is for those that profess but are not, but also a church that sits idle and is not allowing God to change them. But the greatest tool that the Lord has to reach this world, let me put it, let me make it personal, and to reach your family is for a believer that is being changed by the power of God. Now let me say this and I'll hush. Many believers don't have the mindset that they don't want to be changed. Many believers don't have the mindset that I want to stay like I am. The majority of believers today are at the place where I want God to change this. I long for God to change this. I just don't know how to let Him change it. And to those this morning I'm talking to, because I just laid out how that you let God change everything in your life. You keep looking to Jesus, the author, the one that started it, the finisher, the one that is completing it. Look to Jesus and run your race and let God the Holy Spirit do what only He can do in your life. There's nothing about you that God can't change. There's nothing about you that God can't fix. There's nothing about you that God can't alter. But on the other side, there's nothing that God can do for us if we don't have faith in Christ and what He done on the cross of Calvary. I just come to tell you this this morning. How is it that I'm changed? How is it that I'm transformed into the image of Christ? How is it that I lay the bondage aside? How is it that I lay the addiction aside? How is it that I start looking like Christ? You keep your faith in Jesus and what He done on the cross of Calvary and let God the Holy Spirit do what you can't do on your own. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for the power of the Holy Spirit to move God across this congregation, across every heart this morning. Lord, I know this morning that we all stand at a place, God, where we are still in need of you, Lord. There, I haven't arrived, God. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm still the one that still needs Jesus. And Lord, I believe this morning that I'm with others also that would say the same thing. God, my prayer this morning is like never before in their heart would be that they would just desire for you to do what only you're able to do. So many times the church has presented Jesus as a high watermark that we can't live up to. But Lord, you're not asking us to be Jesus. You're asking us to surrender our heart and let your light shine through us. Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus this morning. 
Somebody's here that's not saved. Somebody here that is struggling with something in their heart and in their life. That by faith, one more time, that they would say, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm asking you to change this in me. Let me be a witness for you, God, and continue to work on my heart and on my life. That's my prayer this morning. And I'd ask it in Jesus' name with your head bowed and eye closed. My altar call is simple this morning. I don't know where you stand with the Lord. I don't even know maybe if you are born again. But no matter if you stand before me this morning and you have something in your life that maybe you give up on, maybe something that you've pushed off to the side, and it's brought you to a place where now the Holy Spirit is revealed in your heart. If you will just by faith look again to Christ, He can change it. Or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. My friend, we're changed by faith. We're also, according to Romans 5, we are justified by our faith. Heaven's courtroom is wide open this morning. His arms are wide open to whosoever will. Let them come and drink freely. This morning, my altar call is simple. If that's you and the Lord has dealt with you about something in your heart that's between you and Him, I invite you to come. Find yourself a place to pray and give us an opportunity to gather around you this morning and to pray that your faith does not fail. That your faith does not is not hindered, but that you will keep looking to Jesus. He doesn't begin something that He won't finish. He will continue to work on you as long as you continue to trust in Him. If that's you this morning, I invite you to come. Join us around the front. And let's talk to the Lord about something that's in our life. Maybe that is besetting us a sin or a weight that is hindering us this morning. There's those that are already coming. I invite you to come and join us. Maybe you don't know the Lord this morning. Why don't you come? Mingle right in with us this morning and let me give, give us an opportunity to pray with you and to seek the Lord on your behalf this morning. Come on, would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? Some of you come with the intent of coming to an altar. Don't be hindered this morning by the enemy of your soul. Why don't you come this morning? Find yourself a place to pray and give us an opportunity to pray with you this morning. Go ahead, play, sing what you feel. Just as I Even if you want to pray right where you're at, it's a good time to pray this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we trust you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for every individual that's here this morning. God, we can be changed. We can be transformed, Lord. God, by faith in Christ and what he's already accomplished on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we trust you this morning. God, move upon every heart that's here, Lord. God, touch every heart that's here. Change us, Lord, and transform us into your image. If we'll just believe, if we will just believe, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray, God, for this congregation. Hallelujah. We pray for this congregation today, God. Hallelujah to the Lamb, God. Thank you, Jesus. Whose blood can cleanse each spot, oh, change our 
Lord. God, change our hearts this morning. Hallelujah. God, touch and move, Lord. God, move upon every heart that's here today, God. Hallelujah. To be mended. Hallelujah. Come wounded to be healed. Oh, I come desperate to be rescued. And I come empty to be filled. Oh, I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. Hallelujah. Open arms, praise God, just as I am. Well, like a broken to be mended, and I come wounded to be healed. Hallelujah! Oh, I come desperate. One more time, sing it this morning. Well, I come broken, broken to, to be mended. Hallelujah. And I come wounded to be healed. Well, I come desperate to be rescued. And I come empty to be filled. And I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood. If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.